week, our last week of All In, and I'm going to miss those videos. I really am. Man, they've been fun while they last. And if you ever get a chance to um, connect with Pastor Ryan, really so much of that has been um, his, I don't know if I say genius. Do I say genius? Something like that. And uh, what, a, what a neat creation he's put together for us these last number of weeks. You know, um, we have, after today, a new series coming up next week in the book of Obadiah. And I'm sure you're all thinking, oh, great, another series through Obadiah. <laughs> but we're going to do it again. <clears throat> and I trust you come. Probably many of you have never, ever heard a series through the little book of Obadiah. It's going to be a three-part series we're going to enjoy together it's called, Who Are You Trusting In? What Are You Trusting In? It's going to answer some great questions for us over the next few weeks. And then we're going to have, after that, a little series called Your Life's Slogan. And it's going to be on three Old Testament kings and what their life was all about and how we all carry in our lives a slogan that people see what we truly are all about. And that'll be interesting. That's going to finish up our summer. And then starting in the fall, we're doing... Um, a series through the book of James called Faith Works. And uh, that's going to be an encouraging time for us as well. So it's just a little bit of what's going to be going on. That's going to take us up through winter. And um, yeah, yes. You just have to show up. It'll happen, okay? Anyways, simple. Simple is so good. You know, um, our world is so complex, our lives are so complex, sometimes it's good just for things to be simple. You ever felt that? Like, isn't this easier than what it is right now? Like, does it have to be so hard? When I think of the word uh, simple, it means easily understood or done. Something very straightforward not complex, containing few elements. Now, much of life is extremely difficult, and we all go through those things. You know, some things you wonder, does it have to be this hard? Like, here's some of the most difficult things that I think of. Taxes. Really? Does it have to be that hard? And, you know, someone needs to tell the government it doesn't make it easier just to name the form 1040EZ. That, that by itself does not change the nature of the form. It's still difficult. The tax code is difficult. Sometimes relationships are difficult. I guess no one here identifies. Well, let's move on to the next one. You know, it's not good when you go on Facebook and someone puts it's complicated in their relationship thing. You just keep right on going. You don't want to be reading their Facebook pages for a long time. You know, it's not good. And sometimes relationships are really difficult. And here's just the reality. Life. You know, there's work. There's spouse. There's health. There's church. There's kids. There's school. There's bills. There's relatives. There's weather. There's just so many things that happen. And life just can be this huge, complex rat's nest of all kinds of elements 
And it gets really difficult. And that's why simple is awesome. I tell my kids when they sit around the house, and they're like, oh, it's boring. Lisa and I look at each other like, boring is awesome. We love boring. This is great. Here's my top three simple things. Simple, simple. My top three simple, number one, water. It is pure, it is clean, it is clear, it is tasteless, it is wet, it is cold. The other night we went to a restaurant and they said, we have our very own brewed root beer. And I thought, that sounds really good. And I got it and, you know, it was good. And I got to the end of it. You know what I did? I, Waiter, could you come over here? I said, can I just have a water? You know, just something clean. And man, there's just nothing more satisfying than water. It's so simple. Here's my number two favorite simple thing. The hammer. Think about it. <clears throat> have you ever seen a hammer sold with instructions? You know, you just, have you ever seen someone look at it and say, wow, well, how do you work that thing? You know, you just instantly know, you grab it, you know, even our little boys, you know, you have these toy hammers, they just go up and they grab it, and this is just what they start to do, and it's just so simple, it's just awesome. It's the reason why it's the man's favorite tool. We use it for everything. Here's the third simple thing, and this is one I think we all will say a big amen to. The most simple thing, and it does the best thing for you, here's what it is. Nap. Can I get an amen from the crowd here? Oh, I'm telling you, naps are just so simple. Except keeping everyone quiet around you. They're just so simple. And you, Sunday afternoon, and you, it's been a long day, and the preacher went over, and you're like, oh, and get done with lunch, and just, you don't have to do anything. You don't even have to change. You can stay right in your church clothes and just plop on the bed, boom, gone. But make sure it happens at home and not during the service um, before we go today. Simple is awesome. And with that in mind, I wanted you to turn to Matthew in chapter 4, if you would, and then grab your um, East Bay Weekly and flip over to the back side. We're going to work through some notes on something really simple that Jesus gave us in our last discussion on all in. And when we walk into Matthew chapter 4, a lot has happened in the first four chapters. <clears throat> we find out from the very first couple chapters that Jesus was born and was an infant, and we see the miraculous story of how God brought him to earth through the Virgin Mary. We also see some of the family connection and where he was born. But you know, after those chapters, all of a sudden there is a 30-year gap. We go from his childhood, whoop, right over to his adulthood. And here he is about 30 years old. Jesus is right now in chapter 4. And he's beginning this connection on earth. He has a mission to do. And now's the time to do it over the next three years. And so he begins this mission, and you wonder, how is he going to start? What's this thing going to look like? Who's he going to pull in with him? 
And in this discussion here, he ends up gathering 12 different men, grown men from his area, all of which had some kind of occupation, and he begins to start what he's going to do on earth, which here we are 2,000 years later, a product of. And you wonder, how does he start it out? How does he explain it to these guys? How does he go through all of what's going to happen? And you know how he does it. He does it so simply. It's not complex. It's not complicated. But he connects with these guys, and he gives them two commands, simple commands, that he's going to build his whole program on, these two commands, and we're going to work through them this morning, two simple commands for being all in. Two simple commands for being all in. How you doing this morning? You all right? You still with me? You awake? Okay, I'll let you sit down then. I'm going to read verses 18 through 22. 18 through 22, Matthew chapter 4. Here's how it goes. As Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers... Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets, and they followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets, and Jesus called to them with these same commands. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Father, we have a beautifully simple lesson to learn this morning. Help me, God, not to complicate it. May it stay simple. May it penetrate our hearts. God, may we grow because of our time here together, and may you use this, Lord, to make better followers of Jesus Christ. We look forward to what you, by your Spirit, are going to do over these next moments. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Two simple commands for being all in. You probably have seen them already. You know what they are. Here's the very first one as we're going to work through some blanks on your sheet there together. The very first simple command for being all in is follow. Jesus reached out to these guys in his very first words, follow me. Follow me, and the first command is to follow. Now, when we think about follow, oftentimes we think of it as a directional thing. I'm going to be going to this city. Why don't you just follow me, and I can get you there. And what Jesus is talking about is not a we'll go from here to there kind of a thing. This follow me is a little bit different in a biblical understanding. The call to follow was more a call like this. Imitate me. Mimic me. Study about me and what I do 
And I want you to do the same things. This is a little bit less like a class and a little bit more like an apprenticeship. I'm not sure if you've been involved in an apprenticeship before. Um, there's a number of trades that we can learn from individuals. And one thing that I learned from an individual um, many years ago was some, some woodworking and some construction. And, uh, and there was an older man that my dad had hired in his job, and he was doing some of these things. And my dad says, I just want you to work with him and help him out. And this older guy, he was just great. And instead of just saying, here, just hand me a board, he said, Brian, come here. Now look at this. Here's how we build a wall. And he showed me, and then, and then he's like, okay, and here's where he put the nails. He says, I want you to do those nails and those nails and those nails. And that's how I learned. And then he, kept, he would do something else, and he always had this phrase, and, and, um, <clears throat> and, he, and he'd say this. He goes, now, I'm not saying I'm the best. I've just never seen any better, that's all. <clears throat> but he, 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 showed, he showed me. And, and he modeled it for me, and then he had me do it. And that's this idea of follow. That's the concept we're dealing with. It's not merely a directional thing, not just merely, hey, come on, hang with me. It's he, he had an intention, Jesus did, with these disciples, I want you to look, learn, mimic, do. That's it. Now, it's interesting, this has always been the command of discipleship. Jesus has always, his intention through all these millennia, I want you to look, learn, mimic, do. Just like me. And in fact, that's our desire and goal as believers. We want to be Christ-like. We want to be like Jesus. That's this call to follow. Now, what has it become today? And just take a moment, think about it with me. I'll be honest, for much of my life, I turned Christianity into churchianity. And even as a pastor, my desire for people, I want you to attend, give, serve. And those aren't bad things. But ultimately, when we get to heaven, the good and faithful is when we connect with this Christ-likeness, when we connect with the original mission that Jesus came. He wants people to be like him, in a relationship with him. Not merely to go to church and do a program and to give. Those are fine things, but ultimately they are all in the package that I'm following Jesus. I want to look more and more like him. And in fact, the more we think about this, it totally connects with our mission here at East Bay Calvary. To be like Jesus, our mission here at East Bay Calvary is to make more and better disciples, more and better followers. Our mission isn't merely more and better attenders. We want people to follow Jesus. I got a couple questions for you. Would you think about these with me? How will God know you're following him? That's interesting. How will God know that you're following him? I just want to give you 
a list of four things I thought of. Four things I thought of um, how God will know you're following him. Number one, these are all blanks there. Um, when it's more than just Sunday. When it's more than just Sunday. I think we all agreed that the command to follow him is more than just go to church. I mean, Jesus didn't come to earth, die on the cross, just so you can go to church on Sunday morning. It was not the mission. He wanted to change our life. He wants it to be all week long. And so when it's more than just Sunday, here's number two, when it involves our heart and not just our thought. Following him is more than just having good theology, more than memorization, more than knowing the stories. And good theology, as good as it is and significant as it is, good theology never substitutes for bad living. And, and I remember um, an individual I knew previously, and he could debate anybody and win. This guy was genius. He knew all the theology. He would take it a task. And, and then the crazy thing is, in the mix of all of that, his fourth wife hated his guts. And I just got thinking, you know, when you get to heaven... God's probably not going to say, don't worry about the wife thing. At least you had all the data correct. You know, he wants us to follow him. And it's with our heart, not just our thought. Here's number three. We know we're following him. God knows we're following him. When he says something, we do it. God says, I want you to do this. Or his word, I want you to do this. And we don't, it's a pretty clear indicator to God, they're not following me. They're following someone else. Or they're following just merely what they want. And so when he says something, we do it. And in fact, it's connected directly with the Bible verse, uh, the Jesus words, if you love me, keep my commandments. Here's number four. How God will know you're following him when we aren't following other things. When we are not following other things. If there are other things that we are following than God. You know what God calls those other things? Idols. It's the very first of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And if we're following after other things and God is not the one we are in pursuit of and mimicking, ultimately there are idols in our lives. The Bible says we can't serve two masters. We can't follow two different leaders. God knows if we give him lip service, but our passion is behind something else. Now, ultimately, there's no better There's no better person to follow. Now, I'm just laying this out. I'm not telling you this because it's what a pastor is supposed to say. I'm telling you 
I've looked around our world. Have you found a better person to follow than Jesus? Have you found a politician that would be better to follow? If you have, you are in deep trouble, man, let me tell you. Have you found a sports figure that would be better to follow than Jesus? Have you found a musician that would be better to follow than Jesus? Have you found a movie star that would be better to follow than Jesus? I'm going to go personal. Have you found a pastor that would be better to follow than Jesus? And I'm going to answer that. No, you haven't. There's no one better to follow. Now, the book that you hold in your hand, one I have up here is full of stories of people who followed other things than God, and their life was a mess. Now, <clears throat> consider this. Do you know people who followed other things than God and you saw their life end up a mess? You think about them right now? So we've gone from the Bible, we've gone to people we know. <clears throat> now let's get personal. Can we think of times that we've followed other things than God and our life ended up a mess? Huh? We've all been there. So I'm going to ask you a second question. How will others around us know that we are following God? Because this is the next big thing to think about. We want God to know that we're following him, but then we also want to impact others around us. How will others know you're following him? And I just, just want to give you two quick things. These are some I thought of. There's nothing, you know, heroic with these thoughts. But number one, our lives. Our lives. Let others know that you're following him. Our lives really are the most visible expressions to our world of following Jesus. You know, there's the fruit of the Spirit. There's all will know you're my followers if you love one another. And so when we really launch out and when our lives look more and more like Jesus, that's the way that they're going to know. Not this, you know, conflicting message of hypocrisy, but really a life that looks like Jesus is so compelling. And others will know that we follow him by our lives. And here's number two. Others will know we follow him when we tell them. When we verbalize our personal faith and commitment to Jesus. I, I want to give you a challenge. <clears throat> Somewhere along the line, we need to open up. And let those in our sphere of influence know, hey, I'm a Christ follower. And probably in a positive way, not a combative way. And I, I thought of one thing that you could do. And tuck this away and think about it and pray about it. See if you can use it. I thought of something you can do wherever you are, especially if it's something like with work or if it's with some relatives. Put, put this one in there. Think about this. Blow your coworker or relative or neighbor away by telling them this. I've even practiced it this week. Go to them and in your life with them, have some relationship going. Say, you know what? I just want you to know something. 
about me, and that is um, I'm really trying to be like Jesus Christ. I'm really trying to follow him. And then put it on them. If you see something in me that wouldn't look like Jesus, would you be a friend and tell me? Wouldn't that be crazy? You're asking your unsaved people to look at your life and see if it's like Jesus and let them, let me know. It kind of puts them in a, now they're thinking about, was that like Jesus or not like Jesus, you know? Wouldn't that be awesome? It's just coming right out with it. The call of Christ was simple. He told them right now, right, right off, follow. It's number one. Here's number two. Number two. Second simple command of all in. <clears throat> First is follow. Second is fish. Fish. I will make you. I learned this in the King James Version of the Bible. I will make you fishers of men. Here my newer translation says, I will send you out to fish for people. This is the cool thing. This is so simple. It's crazy when I thought of this. Jesus wanted them to mimic him, and he started right out by showing him the thing that he wants them to mimic him by, and that is here he is fishing for men. Here's these guys. He goes up to him and says, hey, follow me. So he's fishing for men, and then he says, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. And so he's, he's showing them and exampling the very thing that he wants them to do right off the bat. His intention in their following wasn't only that of mimicking his character and his life, but also to be involved in his mission of making disciples of Jesus And we know this not only by this call, but also from his great commission in Matthew 28, where he says, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. So really, from the very starting line of Christianity, God's design has been that every single disciple of Jesus make disciples of Jesus, who make disciples of Jesus, who make disciples of Jesus until the gospel spreads to all people of the world. And something must have worked because here we are, friends, 2,000 years removed from when Jesus said this, and you can see that the world, that Christ followers are global. There's no name more recognized in all the world than the name Jesus Christ. And as we noted previously, Christianity is booming in Africa It is booming in China. It is booming in South America. It is absolutely exploding so many places globally except one place. And that's here in the United States of America. So as we finish up, as we finish things up here this morning, and don't get too excited that I just said finish up. Pastors say that near halftime normally. Um, we're not going to talk about a big church program to reach our world today. We're not going to talk about a big event that we want to do, put on for the community, to bring them in, somehow get the gospel to them. I'm going to go so simple, so crazy simple this morning. 
I want to talk about the very first evangelistic tool that God ever created. Are you ready? The very first evangelistic tool that God ever created is us. It's you. It's me. It's followers of him. And as simple as this is, it is extremely profound. You and I are God's program to reach our world. I want to give you two important thoughts on fishing. And then we are truly going to finish up here this morning. As we fish for people, as we look for others to be followers of Jesus as well, I want you to realize two things. Here's number one. It's a blank right there for you. You are where you are on purpose. God has you right where you are for a reason. I like to look at this. You are in the pond God wants you to fish in. Your work is your pond. Your neighborhood, your friends, your relatives, your frequent stops for eating, your shopping, your entertainment, your recreation, that's all your fishing pond. And if we all reach our individual worlds, the world would be reached. Now, I, I can't fish in all your pond. You can't fish in all my pond. But God wants us to fish in our own ponds. <clears throat> Here's number two. How we fish is very important. <clears throat> How we fish is very important. <clears throat> now, if you fish... You know that what you use for bait is extremely important. And I'm, I'm going to give you this one thing. And I really think this is the biggest key to connecting with people about Jesus Christ. And it is this next blank you're going to fill in. Here's what it is. The greatest attraction we can use in fishing for people from a human perspective is relationships. Relationships. They grant us the right to speak truth. Someone who loves me has far more liberty to speak truth to me. And relationship is where it is at today. It is truth in love. Many followers are love, but without truth. Some are truth and without love. So here's the big fishing illustration. I remember as a kid going on a boat with my buddy Chris Rittenhouse, and we were tossing the line out there, and I'm on one side of the boat, and he's on the other, and man, I am, bam, I'm getting stuff like this. And and he's getting so mad, and I'm like, what's going on back there? He says, I'm not getting anything. Finally, after I pulled another fish in, I looked, and I realized why he wasn't getting anything. Not only did he throw the line out there, but in his boredom, 
he's taking his pole, and the end of his pole is going in the water. And then I'll go. I'm like, buddy, you're scaring the fish. Stop doing that. And so, you know, finally, you know, he threw it, and then he started getting stuff. I'm going to give you a personal illustration of how this happened even recently. Uh, my family went to all three parades during Cherry Fest. You can pray for us. <laughs> and and um, our, our little trick we learned this year, because we went last year too, our little trick this year is we actually go to the end of the parade. Kind of come in, go to the end when it's halfway through, and then we get to see it. And, and then, uh, you know, when the troops arrest us, whoop, up, out, and we're gone. So anyways, um, don't all you start doing it or it's going to be too crammed at the end next year. That's what we do. So we, I went to the end um, of this one, and, um, and uh, there's a young man there, neat guy. And so we went up to him. We got talking to him and, and um, connecting. And, and um, he's, he's new to the area, just, just moved in a few weeks ago. And um, we had a great, great opportunity talking. And then um, after a while, I, I, you know, he told me his occupation. I said, well, you know, I'm in ministry here at East Bay Calvary, and we kept yapping. And I asked him what his church background was, and we started talking about that. And then out of nowhere, um, he, he just groaned. He goes, oh, really? And I looked up to what he groaned at. And I want to be delicate here this morning. Realize I'm not meaning this in a wrong way. But when I looked up, there was an individual walking through the crowd with a huge placard across his chest and a two-by-four that went way up and then there was a huge placard up above that. And it said conservative Christian messages on it. Probably many of which I would agree with. But they were extremely combative. And on these placards, just calling out various social sins that I'm against. And I guarantee you more people saw that individual than saw me. And my family makes quite a presence at these things. I would guarantee you probably thousands of people saw this man as he walked through the crowds holding these signs denouncing things in our culture that are wrong. I'm not saying I disagree with him. But hear this. I really feel I probably influenced more people in my one conversation than he did in the whole parade. Jesus. Because I really believe relationships 
give us the right to speak truth to people. We can still speak truth to them. It will be of no effect. Point in case, do you see a lot of the hollering back and forth politically solving our problem? Have you ever heard a screaming match and then the other side say, oh, you're right. I think I'll believe what you believe. It never happens. It's not only important that we fish. It is important how we fish. I want to finish with this. You're going to get a card as you leave, a little business card. I want everyone to take one. This is what it looks like up on the screen. And, and this card is so important for us to think about fishing in our pond. God has called us to follow and he has called us to fish. And I really want you to think about specific people. And so when you, reach, when you get this, this card, I am God's plan to reach my world there's, there's three slots on this for you to put people's names on. I want you to think about three people who you can touch, who you can reach. And, and here's, the, here's the analogy of this. It's a pi square, P-I-I. And so the P in pi square, I want you to think about praying for them. D- don't jump into this in reaching your world without God's help. Okay, just stop right now. We all need God's help. We need his help to help us. We need his help to get into their life in advance of our conversation. So pray for them. I want you to get three names. Here's people I would love to connect with about Jesus Christ. Put their names down, and I want you to pray. I want you to pray for them every day. I want you to to ask God to help you to connect with them, to give you opportunities, and also to help them to be open. And then here's number two, the first I. There's pray, there's invest. This is the relationship part. Here's where we invest time and friendship. You can have them over. You can go out. <clears throat> There's so many things you can do with them, but develop that relationship that gives you the credibility and the right to be able to speak truth. So pray, invest relationally in them. Then here's number three, invite. Invite. Now's when you start to move into something. Oftentimes, we'll just invite up someone hey come to my church pray invest relationally when you've connected say you know what maybe invite him here come on i want you to see what i put up with every sunday you know and you can pray for me you know or or uh, you know something's been changing my life god's been changing my life and it's it's hard for me to explain i want you to come see Or maybe you can connect with them personally and take them through the gospel and say, you know what, here's the main thing that changed my life. It's that Jesus Christ, he has forgiven my sin because he paid the penalty for my wrong on the cross. I believe that with all my heart. Maybe you can talk to him personally about that. But I don't want to start out with a big event. I don't want to start out with something gigantic. I, I want to start out simple. I want us to start out personal. 
And if you think about it, if we all imagine this, if we all followed fully and fished, can you just imagine what God can do with East Bay Calvary in Traverse City area? I almost got a Baptist goosebump right, right there. It's awesome. And here's how the story ended. Jesus said, um, guys, follow and fish. Here's the big one. At once. At once. Done with the nets. And they followed. Then it went down the other two brothers. It says, they immediately left the boat and their father and followed him. And you know what those words tell me? When they left their nets, when they left the boat, when they left their family, told me they were all in. I'm all in. Jesus, I am all in. I am following you, and I'm going to fish. And Jesus asked the same thing of us. And he's put it out to us here this morning. Are we going to follow and really imitate and mimic him? Give our lives to him? Are we going to fish for other people? That's the big question he's asked of us, just like them. And we know what their answer was. They just dropped it all. They said, I'm going to do it. Nothing else is going to detract me. And so the same thing comes for us. Is there something that's going to distract us? Is there something that's going to hold us back? Is there something else that we would rather follow? Or are we going to be all in? Let's pray. Father, in this silence here for a moment, work in our hearts, God, please. Help us to be at a point like these guys of surrender that you've asked me to follow. I don't know all of what that is or where it will place me or all of what it's going to ask me to do, but God, I know you're the one that asks and I trust you. Help us, God, to trust. God, would you make more and more committed followers this morning. And God, would you make more people that fish this morning? And there's no other program that's going to reach our world for Jesus except followers of Jesus. Help us to fish. I'm going to give you 20 seconds of silence, folks. I want you personally to connect with God on this very issue. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're like, I'm not following Jesus. That's got to change today. There's no better person to follow. And to follow him, the very beginning point is to believe that he's God.
to understand that we're a sinner and that that's why Jesus came. He died on the cross. He took our punishment that we deserve for our sin. Can we all commit to following him? Can we all commit to fishing for him? Would you talk to him right now in the silence, 20 seconds, and express this to him? God, you've heard our hearts. You've heard our prayers. You know the need of our community. You've placed us in a tremendous pond. And may East Bay Calvary Church step forward and be all in and to carry this thing to the next generation so that they can be followers fish for the next generation who can be followers that fish. And may we keep the chain going. God, work in our church, work in our hearts for your glory, your honor, your credit. And all of East Bay Calvary said,